Well, okay, we're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single Tuesday. You can watch and stream us at YouTube. Just search up for Geek in the City. Facebook Live, of course, Geek in the City. But our preferred place is check us out over on twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city. You can watch us live. You can engage in the chat. We try to respond as often as possible when people are live with us in the chat because that just makes it a lot of fun. If you're not able to catch us live every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, well, the podcast goes up also free on Wednesdays, sometimes Thursdays, because, you know, life happens at times. As always, this show will always be free to you, the listener. All we ask is that you please share and give us five-star reviews on any of your podcast aggregate of choice or our Twitch channel, whatever is required. And, of course, please show our sponsors some love uh they're the ones that keep us going they have believed in us in a long time just like you have so with all of that out of the way here we go we're going to kick off an all-new issue of geek in the city radio hi how are you hi hello uh okay i'll do the intro again just because (laughs) i want because i want to make matt uncomfortable Uh, Matt Fraction is a veteran of the comics world, well known for his work at Marvel, DC, uh, and his creator on comics, like the award-winning Sex Criminals with Chip Zdarsky. But today, Matt is joining us to talk about his first project developed for uh, the screen, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Yes. Hello. Hi. 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 Woo. Um, How's it going um, honestly, it was great until I turned on the computer this evening and <laughs> nothing has worked. But I, I, I am making the best of it. We've we've also had a... We were all in Portland for the week of ice and snow. So I think we're all a little... Feral? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Who was out? Who didn't have power the longest? I think you. I think you. Yeah. I got lucky. I had power the whole time. Because where I live, the power lines are buried. Yeah, wow. mm. that that is the one benefit of being in downtown and living in downtown is we don't lose power. If we lose power in downtown, something is blown up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what my excuse is. I live in a house, um, but they did come and like clean up the trees on our street like a week ago or like a week right. before the storms or something like that. So uh, for me, it was just endless uh, ambulances for almost a week straight. Every hour, oh, an ambulance coming by. Right, because you're off the main road there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we get a lot of those too because the hospitals like right over here. Yeah. Oh, and then people still thinking, even though it was icy, that they could still street race, which was That's dumb, <laughs> but oddly entertaining still. Um, sure. I, I I feel bad for some people. There are so many sideswiped cars on the corner of Grand and Davis right now. Of course, sir. Uh, how do I how do I sound? Uh, do you guys hear me? Okay, you sound, yeah. you sound great. You, you sound great. Are you yeah. are you? How's it on your? It's just end? I, the iMac thing. I, I because uh, a pipe. I, I don't know that the pipe burst. I thought a pipe burst, but it's actually the leak has slowed down as things have melted. So there's a pipe leaking. Mm. Isn't great, but at one point my office was flooded uh, with like two inches of water. So I'm moved things around and tried to I'm sitting at a place I don't normally sit and all this stuff. But I just oh. realized that the microphone that I have isn't being recognized by the computer. So I probably plugged it into the wrong. Something's port. picking you up. 
Okay, but if it yeah. sounds good, fine. It doesn't. Yeah. To, it sounds great. You, yeah. I thought you moved just, just so that people would have something more interesting to look at over your shoulder. I know. I thought it was a look at all my books. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 But yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, um. No. Although it was in my head because once I the, the first day I was able to get back on Zooms, I was from a completely different angle than normal, and everyone commented on it. I was like, all right, well, maybe I should just just move so anyway uh, well but if this is fine hell with it this is great thank you for joining us after the week we have all fucking had yeah thank you for having me Let me hide myself view all right <laughs> uh but now so does this still happen on twitch is it still going around Are people still watching it and able to comment and stuff? not today we, because we do, of the streaming issue yeah we did manage to get some questions before uh we turned off the twitch so we have some listener questions as well I'm yeah. so sorry. Okay, that's all right. This is how it goes. Not as sorry. As we we roll with it. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I guess we should just get to the questions, then, yeah. Yeah, we'll just C- jump cable. in it. Cable, do you want sure. to start? Well, um, I sure. Um, so here's the thing with me. I I don't really know how TV works. I don't know how things run. Oh, look oh. at that. Look at that little no, guy. No, I'm so bummed for not streaming the audio. Um, oh, well. So I know that you're credited as the co-creator, the writer, and executive producer for Monarch. Um, mm-hmm. And, But I don't always know what exactly that means, especially when you get into co-creator and how much practical involvement you have in the show. So how did you become involved with Godzilla? Well, uh, we're just good friends. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's not what I heard. My, my wife and I had well, it was, uh, an overall deal at Legendary Studios. We were, we were involved with them for a couple of years, trying okay. to you know, turn uh, our, uh, some of our comics into shows, uh, trying to create new things. And at some point, the conversation came like, hey, you know, we're Legendary. We have a great big toy box. And I knew... Godzilla was in there, and I was like, there should be a Monarch show. <laughs> and everybody was like, what? <laughs> really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, there should be a Monarch show. So, And it was almost five years to the day the show premiered. Oh, or no, really? the first oh. document I turned in was about five years, was, was 2018. Oh, wow. Uh, right, like, literally, it was like uh, November, late November 2018, and the show premiered late November 2023. Um, so I, I worked on developing it for a while. Uh we brought in some producing partners from from Safe House, uh, Joby Harold, who did the Obi Wan Kenobi and mm-hmm. Transformer, mm-hmm. sent his his wife Tori Tunnell as producer, um, and then Legendary brought in this guy Chris Black. Uh, after we we had sold the show to Apple, and uh, uh, Chris came in, and then he and I kind of he it took from where we had started and kind of worked together and uh, uh, became a, a a team of sort of then developing the show very much as it as it came to be on air um and there's like a million milestones and a million green lights that like i stopped appreciating what a green light meant the day that apparently the real big green light happened i was completely everyone thought i was depressed or something was wrong because i was like oh we've gotten six green lights before like no no but this was the one i'm like oh, well tell me it's the one and then then this should be the green light <laughs> the other one should be yellows this is not yeah, a right so uh but yeah um so that was the the development which is kind of thinking what's the story what's the show right like what's it going to be how's it going to work as a episodic thing 
um the executive producing bit is a little bit of everything you know we we put a chris and i put a a writer's room together we we put uh, uh all the kind of uh, department heads and people in the credits that, that, that go by too quick and too small or start <laughs> auto playing a Ted Lasso episode. If you're not quick enough, <laughs> um, you, know, you know, we, we, we worked within the, you know, hiring actors and, and, and uh, then being a part of production itself, I was in Vancouver for six months and Tokyo and, um, uh, uh, and then so that's that's easier and writing is is writing i wrote episode nine um and then just kind of as as ep as a co-creator chris and i were kind of noodling things all over the place the entire time mm -hmm. uh, i think that's that's the three parts more or less the, when uh like when merrick and i were watching the show together we just we kept commenting on things that felt like it, it was your DNA in the show. And that's why <laughs> I wanted to go. I'm like, I want to know exactly how much he was involved because I don't want to credit something to you that you didn't do and have you go, Oh, I, I didn't do that. I'm glad you thought it was neat, but I didn't do it. <laughs> but it sounds like we're more on the money of like, Oh no, this is, this is Matt. And this that, is that's maybe Matt. Matt's baby. Sure, sure. A little bit, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people's baby. There are a lot of, yes. a lot of, mothers and fathers in the room um but he looks the most like you <laughs> but you know but there is, it has you know, your eyes and we'd, we'd be very tall and, you know there 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 need to be uh hey instead of this can i say x y or z or do you know it kind of or we it's sort of things were were tweaked and touched and rewritten and stuff like that or you're in the room and you're bouncing around and i don't remember who you know eventually everybody kind of gets okay at imitating one another a little bit you know oh, and, that makes sense and, um, um, so I'm, I'm happy to take credit for it, but it, it would be entirely disingenuous as there was a, a, a tremendous team every step of the way, but yes, all the, all the parts you like were me. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, oh, that's completely untrue. <laughs> uh, before we move on to a question, I'm going to send a Jared Oaks loved the show. Oh, thank you. And he says, Great. hello. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah. I think people are still going to like message us stuff. Yep. <laughs> That's marvelous. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad. Uh, it's it's crazy that it's out. It's crazy that it's already over. It's crazy that anybody watched it. It's crazy that people liked it. Let alone that it's kind of the hit that it's been is 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 crazy. Um, well, only the first, first season example. is over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, but, yeah, you know, and and you know, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. We we get a, a second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth, and seventh. But um, but like that, it's already broadcast. That like the finale has already mm -hmm. aired. Yes. Five years is so long, and then ten weeks it turns out is real. Short. <laughs> um, like a perfect. So the actors were. This is a perfect example of what I mean by like voice and kind of forgetting. Um, the actors were on strike, so we didn't get a red carpet. Right, mm -hmm. we we're supposed right. to have a red carpet. You know, this is this is the thing that that this actually like broke my heart. I wish they hadn't told me, but we were going to have a red carpet at Man's Chinese, which or or, or oh. problematic Orientalism aside. Everybody just made the same noise, right? It's man's Chinese. It's mm -hmm. it's Star. It's where Star Wars happened, yeah. right? It's and man's I'm Chinese like, theater. It's I don't care what they call it. I've been there. Yeah. It's still man's Chinese. Theater. And also, <laughs> didn't they put like Godzilla's? Isn't he? Isn't Godzilla in the cement somewhere there? Didn't they do a special His one? Star is right around the corner. Okay, uh, he uh, he might have a paw print there. It would not be screen accurate. Paw um, yes. print. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, um, but like you know, Judy Garland's gingham dress is in the lobby it is yeah you know, david prowse's darth vader suit is mm -hmm. in the lobby it's like it's man's chinese it's a great place to see a picture right mm -hmm. 
But we didn't. We actors were on strike, so they're like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, you, you're just writers. No one gives a shit. We're not going to do their stuff." But we had um, with the good folks at Collider, we had a like a premiere event at a, at a, the Studio City at the theater in Studio City, which you know at least is where they shot Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Like, I'll take it. It's it's not the Star Wars opening thing, but you know, I got to remember Rodney McDowell with an M16 shooting people. That was pretty great. Um, it's a little closer to home, and- I think. Yeah, Planet, a, uh, a Planet of the Apes. Uh, oh, I thought that's... you meant Ronnie McDowell shooting people, and then a machine gun <laughs> fell closer to home. No, I I okay. couldn't speak to that. Uh, I'm just, like Star Wars is a great thing to be compared to, but something from the Planet of the Apes universe is a little that's bit cool. more oh, okay. in line with Monarch. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. anyway. You know, it's if if a measure of of what your favorite movie truly is is how many formats you've bought it on then my, my three favorite films are apocalypse now the third man and conquest of the planet of the apes um oh no um and and, and in the mood for love now now in the mood for love is is, is squeaked is tied with conquest um mm-hmm. i think that's fair but it, so but it won't you know we it won it was the first time i'd seen it with anybody not involved with making it and for all of the um angst and agita and and insecurity i have about it and all the things i saw that i wish we could change or that wish was different and you know we were on strike for post so like i hadn't seen the final episodes as they were all wrapped until they were kind of airing you know it was sort of like you know i i I, because it was driving me crazy like i i had an idea i'm jumping around on my stories but i literally wanted to adr three words (laughs) And one episode, and the idea hit me 14 minutes after the strike began. Uh, I was like, I can't say this to anyone. This is going to drive me crazy. So the episodes were posting, and I was not, you know, we weren't saying. Anyway, I was able to sort of stop seeing the show that only I saw uh, in my head and start to just kind of enjoy the audience reactions. And like one line got a laugh, and I, I kicked the back of Chris's chair. Um, and I was like, "Your the, the line, your line got a laugh." He was like, "How was your line?" I was like, "My <laughs> line was this, and you did it for that, you know." So, so, but, but it was that thing of like, I genuinely thought that was his, you know. But it was, I didn't remember that it was, you know, one. It's, it's when the cab driver is like, "Oh yeah, no, it was all fake. They did it all with CGI." <laughs> you can hear about but it on my but, podcast. But Chris, but that was the thing. Chris's, I guess, Chris's line was, uh, "You can read about it on my blog," and I said, "Oh, it's, it's, it's 2015. He'd have a podcast." And that would, but but the line got a laugh, right? But it was just that, like but I it all, didn't it's all that, that was my line. It was it, to me, it was Chris's joke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a reaction. So like, it just everything becomes one kind of kind of mess, messy thing. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you do you feel like your background in comics helps with making oh, yeah. this episodic? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think because the episodic nature and sort of ending with like big cliffhangers and reasons to tune in and that kind of thing, um, um, t- telling kind of self-contained, satisfying increments of story. You know, telling stories and chapters and all that. But also, like comics is you know is the art of of space, right? It's all space and and space in comics equals time and time in movies equals time and it's like hey we need to be out of this scene a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Everyone stands around for 38 seconds too long. So see this half a page? This needs to be three words. 
Oh, okay. Right, right. That's comics, right? Comics is like, oh, I wrote, I wrote this huge thing. And it's like, yeah, but the panel's only that big. So this many words, this small a panel, like, oh, all right. right. Yeah, so it was, I'm, I was very, I'm not precious at all. I like, I like editing and cutting things out. So I, I yeah, very much was an adventure in editing once we were, once we were up and on our feet and shooting. That explains the pacing. The, the pacing of the entire show felt so economical. Um, we talked about it uh, after we watched the first couple episodes, right? Like, yeah, we, it felt like an hour ninety show that fit into sixty minutes. Yeah, right. And and and, you, and we mean that in the best way possible. Like, wow, that was so much crammed yeah. in to less than an hour. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it wasn't like a passive viewing. There are some shows, even shows I really like, but I can get up and do the dishes while I listen to stuff like that. But this was not one of them. And it, and I think some of the, your comics background played into that because the entire show, every, you know, 20 minutes or so, I'd have this voice in my head from an, an editor I had once who said, like, you have to give them a reason to turn the page. And in my head, I'm like, they're giving me a reason to not actually get off the couch. Right, mm-hmm. right. If I need to do something, I need to hit pause. I can't come back and be like, oh, I'll just catch up. Whatever I missed, it's fine. Yeah, I, I think, um, thank you. Uh, um, uh, you know, I think, Chris and you know Chris has had his entire career has been in TV but like from he was uh, 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 Ugly Betty and Mad Men and and Star Trek Enterprise like Chris knows the the the, the mechanism in and out and all that but um you know I think Westworld was in my head a lot once we got up and running the idea yeah. of like hey have you ever seen the movie Westworld you would not expect the show from the movie. So, like, the idea of what if we made a Godzilla show you had to pay attention to? Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know, and Chris was the one that had this sort of this puzzle piece of, like, this this young woman discovers her dad had two families. Like, we, we used to, our sort of shorthand in the room was, like, this is a story about two kids trying to figure out the truth about their father and the giant monsters keep getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, we were, as long as we felt, like, yeah, no, I, I would watch this. If you took the monsters out, I would still watch this. I still want to see these kids figure this out. You know, like it was that was a, that was really important to us. And, and, and that was yeah, a conversation make, we had about the house. So. Yeah, it was it, it was weird to be like, wait, am I a, like on paper? Am I watching a, like a kaiju show where, yeah, that's fun when the monster pops up. But can we get back to the people? Which yeah. is not something I really ever see say sure. when I'm watching one of the films. Except well, for a more recent one. Minus right. one, right. Except for minus one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we'll get to minus one. We'll get to that one. <laughs> and, and, you know, and as much as I love Shin Godzilla, I can't tell you a single character's name. It's like, no, 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 the guy in the office. Yeah. <laughs> the girl in the office. All right, there, there's the one character. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh-huh. all sort of yep, over scientists. Exactly. No, no, the old, old scientist. Um, uh, uh, but, yeah, no, that was, that was sort of, the, you know, we couldn't do the worst version of this would be an X-Files-y kaiju of the week, like... Uh-huh. Ultraman style show, like even though we had a spectacular budget and incredible VFX crew, it still would have just felt like a 50 minute movie. You know, and it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked as television. It would have been compelling. It would have been mind numbing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if you're not into stuff like Ultraman, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, so, so yeah, our, our, our challenge was like, let's, let's not make a, a movie cut into TV size. Let's make a TV show set in the movie world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way you know, like I'm, I'm a big believer that you know, <clears throat> movies are things you go out to see. You buy tickets. You go with your friends. You sit in a big auditorium with your neighbors. 
and total strangers and you watch it as an audience television is a small thing that you invite into your home you know if you're going to bring someone into your home it's got to be people that you want there right it's got to be mm-hmm. people that you're interested mm-hmm. in and you care about you want to about. you want to visit with week after week mm-hmm. right 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 that and, was the goal and and thanks i'm i'm, I'm glad it worked for you <laughs> very much so yeah definitely uh i don't know about you guys but i ended up watching it twice except for the finale um, uh yeah i did as well uh yeah. a because there's so much to digest and like so much that happens um but also because you you like the characters and you want to spend time with them so uh i'll be excited to see them come back for for more seasons as many as you can give me Um, yeah subscribe yeah subscribe early and often to apple tv plus (laughs) right Mm -hmm. you Um, know what and now like just press play and walk away when you wake up in the morning just 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 let it run just wait for the dog there is there is a movie i do that with on a different streaming network just to keep proving numbers oh Um, the D &D movie the D &D movie i (laughs) oh fair the disservice that movie got at the box office is I will I will be bitter about it forever. But anyway, <laughs> well, uh, that's that's being a nerd for you. Yeah. Uh, that brings me to another question, though. Is uh, words words are hard uh, at the end of the day. It's true. So we've seen you do this in your comics. Uh, personally, I can only say it about Jimmy Olsen, but I know that you've done the nonlinear thing mm-hmm. um and uh in your in, in a lot of your books uh like hawkeye and um so you've got the young characters you've got the older characters uh you've got the monarch people and the civilians will say was it always your intent to do the non-linear thing with this story or did that come later uh yeah you know it it, it was you know, when the, when the development process started, there was only the one film with another on the way. Uh, 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 there was the first Godzilla film, and then the, and the, but there was and there was Kong Skull Island, and there's a, a second Godzilla film coming. King of the Monsters was, was hadn't come out yet. Hmm. Um, and the interesting thing about like it's a, like the show was born out of the credit sequences of all those movies. Mm-hmm. Like there's footage of the castle bravo bomb explosion from 1954 in gareth's godzilla 2014 <laughs> it's never a part of the movie right clearly they shot it and, the, and so like okay so here's this piece of all right we're saying that godzilla and castle bravo the largest atomic bomb test the united states ever conducted are connected and then he's going to tell a story that happened 60 years later never mention this again <laughs> but there it is in the credits right and then Kong Skull Island comes out, and that takes place in 1973. And it's like, oh, so the organization that was there at Castle Bravo was still around in 1973. And this and that and the other thing happened. And at the end of that, we learn they found cave paintings of Ghidra and all this other stuff. So like, okay. And then they pop around. They're still around in 2014, but they're totally different, right? So there's these kind of like landmarks in the canon that the the movies would kind of add to but there were these big blank spaces and that that was interesting to me that was like oh there's a way you can tie it all together right sort of just kind of comic book brain stuff like there's a way you can tell the the history of this organization um so that was kind of in the pitch and it, it kind of came and went but ultimately it it became a vehicle to tell 
more stories about these characters and to find ways to link the past and the present because it really ultimately became about what the show was about you know and it, and once we um had the 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 the, the pilot and knew that we were going to see the kind of tragedy that kickstarted this one this particular era of monarch in our pilot the, the, the pitch immediately was like, all right, now we should go back and tell the story of how we got there. Like, let's meet them. Let's fall in love with them. Let's learn why that's a tragedy. It's always a tragedy, you know, like let's, let's, let's retroactively make that episode hurt. So you're not just watching a character you've just met plummet. Now you're like, Oh my God, no, it's such a, tra Oh God, it was the worst that, 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 that she does with the twist in mind of where we were going, you know? So it, it kind of came, it was, it was, it was always a, Part of the, the original DNA, and it would kind of wax and wane, but eventually it, it it just became clear that like this is really the vehicle we need to background who our characters are, and and again it's sort of a way to like you know we 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 start with the flashbacks were always a part of the show, and we we, we made a very conscious decision that with the exception of that first episode, all of the flashbacks are linear, um, building up to the to the end, but yeah, we wanted to to to, to make a to ask questions in one era that got answered in another and to, to, to set things in motion that you'd see echoes and reflections and ripples up. It just became a way to, to, to make it to show rather than tell, mm -hmm. right? Well, I would do this except for a, B, C, and D. I feel like this and I feel like that. Like that's bad TV. Show me the thing, right? Show me the tragedy that happened. Show me the adventure. Show me people falling in love, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, which you so, did too, because it wasn't just the, the history of, like those flashbacks were not just monarch. It was also uh, the the three kids, like the the brother, the sister, and May. I yeah, can't May, remember the names yeah, right now. Yeah, May, Kentaro, and uh, uh, Kate. Kate, thanks. Um, but yeah, all three of them, like getting to see their own flashbacks. It's like there's more to unravel in each of those as well. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Especially yeah, yeah, with yeah. Kate, just looking at it, going, "Oh, you're." That's why you're so angry. You you think you're just like your dad. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's a that's that's a therapy well, like, session to unpack. You know, and, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, uh, uh, she plays like that was kind of the, the 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 fun, I guess, is the word of of telling Kate's story. Mm -hmm. Season is halfway through the season. You kind of learn she's not the cardigan wearing, button down, you know, sort of type a school teacher she projects you know she's a little bit of a hot mess and hot messes are way more human <laughs> and, and relatable mm -hmm. so i kind of yeah it was it was it was um yeah it was it was a chance to do things with you know, i think too like i think first off audiences are smarter than studios and networks give them credit for yeah. And I think everybody's incredibly sophisticated by what TV has become the last 10 years. I think we're all used to these complicated mm -hmm. narrative braids uh, in places you wouldn't necessarily expect them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's hard to follow if you're riding a Peloton with one earbud in your ear, <laughs> you sure. know? But I, I think the average, I know, I, I think people, people, you know, like if 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 a ten year old can follow Doctor Who, no one's gonna have trouble with uh, <laughs> a little 
with a narrative loop de loop now and again, you know? Yes. No, I think I think yeah. that uh very much very much I think informed just by comics for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh I th- I think that the the general public is pretty familiar at this point with the the morally complex characters and the mm-hmm. you know the the bad guys that you root for and the good guys that you question their motives. Uh, so I think that these characters are pretty well in line with with those archetypes, the the new archetypes, I guess, of of the good guys and the bad guys and the yeah. you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. everybody's a mess you know There's yeah exactly yeah. we're yeah. all a little broken. <laughs> uh, go ahead. If you had more, go ahead. I don't want to. I was going to say, uh, did you, this is a, a listener question. You wanted to know if you, throughout the course of the show or writing it, uh, did you end up having a favorite character or a favorite character's storyline? Who's it your favorite child? Be... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it probably would depend on what episode you asked. Um, I, I, when we cast Mari Yamamoto as 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 Keiko, and when it got to know her and see her work, um, mm-hmm. it became clear that like, oh, she's the secret weapon, like she's the secret sauce, like she's the she's gonna kill everybody. Like if we get people to watch through episode nine and ten, she's gonna destroy people. You know, um, um, and just the the to, to to it was it was it was a joy writing for her. I loved writing for Joe Tippett. I loved writing for Dominique Tipper. I loved writing. <gasps> Ren, this is Ren's first gig. Ren had been in like plays and a short film. Wow. And Ren is like the Japanese James Dean. You know, like to mm-hmm. to be able to write these 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 things for him to show his range. And uh, in episode nine, you know, he's um getting word that that you know he, he that, that that everybody but him died and he's he's bereft like he's he's crying those are real tears he did it every time even during rehearsal wow and he was like yeah man i can't he's like i can't just he's like i gotta go there and do it like i just once i'm there i'm there and i'm just gonna do it and i'm and he, like every single time he just found that emotional availability and just to see someone like that Oh my God! How do we not? I love writing for you. Look at what you can do with this, you know. And and Anna Sawai is a superstar. Um, um, she is like from another planet, and like so controlled of her instrument, and like makes these micro choices and decisions. Every nano beat of every syllable is kind of this 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 conscious choice she's making, and then. Kiersey Clemens is just this kind of jazz. <laughs> like there was a there was a a, a script that a, a bit in one of the scripts where for one of May's lines in parentheses I just put Kiersey Clemens, and everybody thought it was a typo or I messed something up, and I was like, no, 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 no. It's like she's gonna come in and she's gonna like, oh my god, but she's not gonna say, oh my god, because she's Kiersey. Whatever she says is gonna be so much better than, oh my god. I wanted her to know. <laughs> All right, Kiersey, go be Kiersey. Just Here come in. With what's better than and, and she did every single time. It was different. Every single take was different. 
you know, and to watch her her eyes and like uh, uh, the that was part of the the joy of seeing it on a on a really big screen was like you know, all the the, the times I the, the the cuts and the edits and even in you know on the day I was not seeing her face sixty feet tall, but like there's a scene in the second episode where Ren is drunk and trying to talk his way into her apartment and she mm-hmm. leaves him at the door, but you can watch her think about it for a second he's like in his salaryman suit and you can see her think about it and then decide nope bad idea (laughs) and it's just such a little thing on her like everybody was a joy absolutely everybody was a was a joy and oh yeah kurt and fucking wyatt russell oh yes by all means let's talk also, about and, the and elephant for, in the room everyone's home to get to do like serious stuff for anders which i'd never seen before and for honors <sighs> to bring you know there's there's uh uh he he came up with this this bit where whenever somebody would say puckett's name at first he would go like oh puckett he's just like i just say every time he's just like, he just like i want to just like uh. and you watch him he does it and then in the ninth episode after the big tragedy he calls him Puck, and there's clearly affection between the two of them. And it was just such a beautiful little mm-hmm. like Chris Heyerdahl, who who plays the it was a guy that was supposed to be a dude who showed up and did his one thing, and then we were like, he's pretty great. We should maybe instead <laughs> of the other military guys we have written in the script, like let's just keep coming back to him. Let's just keep having the stars get longer on the epaulets and the the fruit salad on the chest get bigger. <laughs> You know, because he's Chris Heyerdahl and he's a he's a champ and a joy. Everybody he, was a was a was a knockout. Everybody he is one of my favorite character actors. Godzilla yeah. is really fun to write for too. Great. Okay. The first time as a screenwriter, you write exterior Godzilla. It's a good day. I I mean, really quick, what do, do you just write like Godzilla exterior smashes Godzilla. and that's it? And then the FX crew just like we know what we're doing. Yeah, Sean Conrad, our our VFX supervisor, uh, actually was was part of the VFX team starting with MonsterVerse stuff in 2014. And we would just kind of say, all right, so we kind of want to do a thing where they're in the desert, they're running around, and then the ground starts to shake, and they realize those rocks aren't rocks, and then Godzilla stands up, and they sort of fall off of him, and there's jeeps and a helicopter. (laughs) And Sean's like, yeah, okay, all right, we'll figure that out. I got that. That, I remember actually standing up during that scene. That was was an incredible scene. Godzilla isn't underground. Like, what are you doing? No. And then I was like, no, yes. He's, he's just you're not safe anywhere from Godzilla. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's always yeah, like yeah. just stay out of the water. Stay out of coastal yeah, we cities. To, we had to um we had to use a drone cuz as 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 brilliant as our as our actors are, it's really hard to get six people to simultaneously crane their heads up at the same rate of speed imagining a thing 100 meters tall. But we had a drone, so we just had the drone take off, and everybody watched the drone. <laughs> so that's, they're watching a drone, and that was how we got them to look up in unison. Drones, they've really changed how, what we can do in film oh, yeah. and television. For sure. yeah. amazing. Oh, and there's a there's a drone shot in 9 or 10 where Kurt and Kiersey are running through Axis Mundi, and we're blowing up flash pots around them and the drone is tracking them from overhead and like it's really Kurt and it's really Kiersey and they're really dodging and moving and 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 we're really blowing things up and it was a it was a, the drone gets it and you see the shot you're like oh that's great that's just so great wow so that just kind of adds me something really quick about when it comes to Kurt and Wyatt mm-hmm. uh, are, were you there for some of the filming like on set 
I was there for all of it. Oh, okay. So I'm almost all of it. I'm curious how it felt live when it was happening. I mean, of course, like White Russell is going to seem like Kurt Russell, you know, it's father, son, or what have you. But it was Wyatt was unsettling at times where he did body or facial tics that I don't even think Kurt Russell knows that he does. Like, did he, like, like, yeah. did he study his own father it, kind of vibe? I sus. Yeah, I mean, they worked together intensely. They would show up on one another's on, on their days off to watch the other work and okay. they drilled scenes together and would like all right now you do shaw lines and other you know like so we, we referred to lee we referred to wyatt as lee and kurt as shaw mm. but but they, they are fundamentally different actors mm-hmm. you know um, um and even though we're at a moment where wyatt really bears a, a strong likeness to his father the kind of uh apogee of his father's you know curtness uh, sort of mid 80s to mid 90s like you know uh, uh um um they are fundamentally different performers kurt's kurt and and his, he's got his like, whole library yeah right right and Wyatt is more like gary cooper right and those mm. are real different energies so kind of what the the pitch was is we're this is a show where wyatt becomes kurt and kurt remembers what it was like to be wyatt Oh, and that's you, good. You, you could see them, you know, you would, could see moments where Wyatt would like do his dad, like, like Lee would need to be cocky or whatever. And he would kind of, kind of get a little curty, you know, and, or, or whatever. And then, and I think like in, in 10, I mean, I think that's a color on Kurt Russell. You don't ever see, you know, I think, I think, I think, and that was all that scene with, with, with him and Mari reuniting you just see decades go through their minds and it's like not like it's it's not what you think of when you think of snake pliskin or jake mccready you know what i mean it's it's mm-hmm. J- jack mccready jack McCready. Yeah. jack mccready um, no yeah. yeah yeah jack burton that's that's oh. Jack burton. oh i'm you leave jack uh, burton just mccready right. just mccready yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no yeah right. it was really unexpected uh to to see him uh in a scene like that, because uh, that's just really not what you think of uh, when you think of Kurt Russell or or his films. And, you know, and to I mean, he was super, super. I mean, it was his, his kind of pitch was that, like, really go Phantom of the Opera with it. You know, that sort mm. of playing his vanity. Like, don't look at me. You know, it's a it's a moment of vanity. It's a you thought I'm young, handsome Gary Cooper asked Wyatt Russell and now I'm Kurt Russell. And it was still Kurt Russell, but not Kurt Russell, Kurt, you know, and like yeah. it was it was him who was like, no, like, like, though, that Phantom of the Opera thing, like that thing with the tree, the business with the oh, tree. Yeah. Was like, that was sort of like, night. he doesn't want her to I don't want her to see me. I don't want her to. Did that, was that like ad libbed? Not ad libbed, but it was like part of the development, you know, as we were talking, you know, doing that, that, that scene was kind of Kurt's. I, I used to have a, 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 a picture that Kurt's uh, the apartment they put him up in had this like ridiculous Wayne Manor like dining room table <laughs> and Kurt had every draft of every script with really extensive notes. Like, like never let it be said that that guy just showed up to collect a paycheck. He worked man. And he and Wyatt were at times better continuity cops than anybody else. And <laughs> cause that was the thing is like, but Kurt was like, well, wait a minute. If, if he knows that, then that means I know that. Right. And if I know that, then why would A, B, and C happen? Because 
you know what I mean? It's just stuff that like in the in the that's where things got really tricky was in the, the what does Wyatt know and when does he know it? And mm-hmm. yeah, that was mm-hmm. fact what Kurt does, that kind of stuff. I wonder if part of that comes from just Kurt Russell spending decades in front of a camera. Like he just oh, yeah. thinks oh, yeah. that oh, way now. The first thing he when we talked about it, like Lemoon to go meet him. We we met on Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> but we were I met him and him and Wyatt, and the first thing he goes is like, All right, well, how are you gonna get me in a four hundred foot tall nuclear dinosaur in the same frame? <laughs> <laughs> so he's a logistics it's a good man. Question. It's a real question. It's not a like a goofy one. It's like, it's, hey, it's it's a question that a guy who spent his entire life in front of a camera and mm-hmm. understands lenses and angles and editing and shots, and he would like track continuity. He'd be like, oh no no no, wait, hang on a second, I had it in my other hand. All right, I gotta do this. Right, you have. He was just. And he would like. All right, so when I when I you know he did a lot of his own stunts too, and he'd be like, all right, so when I go down. I'm going to I'm going to kind of go into a role. So if you want to cut to the to the master or you want to cut over here, you'll be able to because I'll be down. And you could like he would just he could just work all sides of the camera because he's grown up there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that must be a dream for the editors, too. They must be like, oh, thank God. I'm sorry. But isn't <laughs> he know? a septuagenarian? He's 72. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Turn 72. And he does his own sunstone. A lot. He does as many as we would let him. Does that mean that? Uh, Wyatt also like then needed to do his own stunts, right? Because you can't I let your dad upstage you like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> there was maybe a little of that, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we talked about this uh, after we first watched the show. Like, how do you, how do you portray your own father, and uh, like from your perspective, like, what, did you? And maybe this what is a this? maybe this is an answer that changed depending on like where in the production you were. But like, did you did you write differently for young Lee than you did for you know the older Shaw? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, like it. it, it and this is a douchey thing to say. I'm sorry. Like at one point, you know, Kurt, you know, like myself, like hey, you write for my voice really well. And I was like, I mean, I don't want to make it weird, but I've been watching your movie since I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I, you know I think I think it it was Wyatt's kind of stewardship of the character that I think we got better writing for him as we started to work with him and we really were like, oh right, he becomes that. He's not always that. So let's start him with this guy with the black eye getting chewed out by his superior and grow from there, you know, and, and sort of and sort of working with the just the performance and our, and our fantastic directors and and just the, the course to give that character an arc if he starts as kurt but he's young and he ends as kurt but he's old that's not great you know so it really became the sort of learning how to write for wyatt that wyatt isn't kurt right why lee is not shaw mm-hmm. but we're gonna slowly chip away everything that matters to lee until he's left shaw as shaw you know like that was kind mm-hmm. of what the journey became um, um, and why I think executed beautifully, and it's a it's a far I think I'm not an actor I wouldn't I can't really but I think it's a far more difficult kind of thing to be the to not be the showy you know swaggery he's not all swagger right the swagger is an act we watch this you know and then he's yeah. kind of. So yeah, I think I They're, think they, they they did a lot a lot of work. There's a lot of them in those characters that didn't come from me or Chris, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does come across that they were both playing the same character at different points in their life. 
Yeah. And I think like, that yeah. was what appealed to them, right? Yeah. Like they had been offered father and son before, and that wasn't that interesting because they are father, as, as Wise yeah. put it, because we are father and son. <laughs> That's boring. We already, we already are that. But the challenge of building a, a continuity mm-hmm. was got him to do it. And it was, it was a blast to see. Cool. Nice. <laughs> Um, I did have, I mean, it's kind of related to like family issues and maybe this is something that like, maybe I read into too much. I, I feel like there is a, there's like an ongoing theme, at least for me within the series of the belief that um, the best way to protect those that we love or our fellow citizens or whatever is to keep secrets from them. Mm. Um, but in the end, that always kind of bites you in the ass. And it's something like on a personal level I'm dealing with already anyway. But was that something that, like, do you feel that's something it's, that's actually there? Or is, and if it is, did it grow? Or was that an intent that you went out from the initial writing of it? Um, I think, I think we, Chris and I sort of understood between ourselves really early on, there is no acceptable answer that Hiroshi Randa could give his son or daughter. Mm-hmm explain the existence of one another mm-hmm. if they could sit him down and the world wasn't ending and he was on sodium pentothal and was going to tell them the truth there is nothing he could say that would make it better and you know and so yeah it's 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 this kind of i think there's something in the season of like a secret is a different thing than a lie which is true but yeah. they're two different kinds of poison you know <laughs> yeah um, okay yeah um, and you know, and we 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 talk a lot about, uh, you know, I think I think found family gets thrown around a lot, and I think you watch, you know, I think I think, and you know, and I hope we get more seasons to continue to explore this, but I think this is a, this is about a, a found family that is in the process of becoming a forged family. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's it's not just the people that you find that's random, that's luck. It's these people that you choose. And now you're going to build these bonds. You're going to build this trust and this love and you're going to earn it, you know, instead of just being like, well, you're the ones who are here. I guess you're my family. You know, like there's a there's a there's work, right? Family is work. Um, And that's that's, the, you know, that was kind of this great bit of Ren performance where he has finally come to agree with. Kate, just as Kate has finally come to think, yeah, no, you're right. To hell with dad. And Ren does this kind of like thing, this little gesture that it's like, I just agreed with you for the, like, we've just agreed for the first time. And now you agree. Like, you know, but just that it's work, right? It's not, mm-hmm. nothing's ever easy, right? That's that nothing can ever be easy, but yeah. So it's, 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 yeah, I think it's, it's about that. Um, you know, and the 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 pain of the past and the pastness that mm-hmm. may or may not be and transmuted then, into the future tense of joy. You know? And and I feel like there's no way it, it could have been intentional because two different studios. But I kind of finished watching my first watch through of Monarch, maybe about two weeks before I saw Godzilla minus one, mm-hmm. and there are some really interesting parallel emotional beats that made. Mm-hmm both projects resonate even stronger with me. I was like, God damn, you know, there's that spoiler. There's that line in minus one. It's Japan still has its greatest weapon and that's keeping information from it's controlling the information of its people. Yep. And I was like, Ooh, and I feel like there's a lot of that in Monarch also, either large level or personal. Well, and that's one of the interesting things about the movie is 
they go from John Goodman with his hat in his hand, literally begging for a ride on a helicopter in 1973 to the fucking Avengers <laughs> and King of the Monsters. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, how does that happen? How does the NSA become the TSA? How do you go from being the secretiest secret secret of secrets to, hi folks, it's me, your friendly monarch monitor, reminding you that when the Godzilla siren goes off, you want to proceed to your nearest Godzilla evacuation route. Godzilla you know, like, I remember I am of an age where I remember going to schools that still had civil defense uh, radiation fallout shelter signs on the wall. You know, uh, yep. uh, these metal tin yep. I mean, radiation uh, yep. you know, fallout shelter in our school basement. My I, elementary school had it. Oh, my same. Um, I'm the only uh, like gifted uh, young individual in the room here. That perfect spot between fallout shelter drills and shooter drills. Shooter drills. There you go. Yeah. Oh, what, what a what, what a, a lovely place to live in between. I guess mm, millennials. It's, 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 That's it's why millennials look younger than Gen Z. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching yeah, that trend. That's this, this is day after face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie terrified me as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a great documentary called um, uh, "A Special Broadcast." It's all about the making <gasps> of oh. and the reception of. You Christian should check it out. loves that one. I thought yeah. you were going to bring oh. up. There's a documentary that came out, I think, in the late '50s, uh, called "A Day Called X," and the U.S. Oh, right. government right. decided to pick Portland as the example of when it happens. No, here's how it all will, you will be better. You will be safe. Um, it's still very unsettling. Because oh, it's all everybody's like, don't remember. this Because civilian call has you safe. You know, and you're like, I don't think that's how it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, but yes, how does, how does super secrets, nobody knows it right, exists. Right, right. So that's, so that, but that's like, even Monarch has to go through that. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. course of the show is like, maybe it's time we come out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Right, like maybe we don't get to be the voice of authority if we're shouting from the dark. Everybody should go to a basement. Like, no, we got to get and you know stop being a stop keeping secrets. Like, get out in front of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's really interesting. That's really that's fun. Of like, oh right, we're not. We don't have to hide. We're out and open, and now people need us. And over the course of the next five, that's the other interesting thing is that between Godzilla twenty fourteen and King of the Monsters in twenty nineteen. Five years of time have passed in the film world as well as in our world. So those two movies are five years apart. And in those five years, when the Godzilla siren goes off, there's a whole sequence of monarch people rescuing civilians and getting them into shelters when all the Titans are waking up. Right. And it's like, how do you go from being fucking men in black to take my hand, trust me, go to this basement, it's safe. (laughs) Right. That's that was fun to kind of put Monarch through that journey is interesting as well. Yeah, it's just like a Godzilla nerd that wants to live in that world all the time. You know, the the minute literally that our final shot wrapped in Vancouver, everybody ran for the art department to steal the set deck, the Godzilla evacuation. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get one. Say who has it? Back. You didn't get yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, oh I did, but they were just gone. <clears throat> Um, and if you, you know you watch the show as the show goes around the world, you see them in different languages, you know, depending on where the show is. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah. So that was that was cool. Trying to figure out what is that like to. Hi. Previously, I've lived in secret for forty years, but trust me, I'm an expert. Next yeah. time Godzilla comes, 
Yeah, Monarch goes from a weird late night call on like Art Bell, which I'm dating. Yeah, it's, it's from yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, from you know, yeah, to coast to coast AM. Like, no, I work for the secret company, and they're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. To we will protect you. We have stations in every city, and we have defense mechanisms. Yeah, we know how they're coming. We know how to watch for them. We're, we're figuring it out. So yeah. it's, it's cool to put them in that place because that's not that's not a show I've seen before. You've seen show about work, seen shows about workplaces, but never a show about a workplace that used to deny its own existence and now is the most important workplace in the world. Right. <laughs> we we joked uh, joked is the wrong word, but like another kind of shorthand is like it's not a nine eleven show; it's a nine twelve show. Right. The movies are about buildings getting knocked down. This is about people getting up. Yeah. This is about the first time you have to take your shoes off at an airport. Aww. Remember, I remember. Unless you pay money to have a special card that says you're trustworthy. Right. I remember the first time I was in an airport after 9-11 and seeing guys in TSA windbreakers Mm. and thinking like, well, I know. Well, TSA is new. It's like 30 days old. And I've already got windbreakers. Like, who <laughs> right. got that order? Who got that, like, invoice? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we have to make uh, 30,000 windbreakers with a TSA logo on them. XXL, XLLM, mm-hmm. small, a couple yeah. extra smalls, because there's some, there's some, 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 some and, and like, just like that, I, there's like, suddenly there was infrastructure. Yeah. That spinny no, machine that... that can scan you as you walk through, like, came out, I was like, where does this come from? And it was, yeah, within months. <laughs> Yeah, when different. like a month prior you could walk all the way to the gate yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird watching 80s and 90s movies now where people get right to the gate yeah and that always that always dates a movie totally weird sidebar it was like a few months ago I was watching A Fish Called Juan at the very end when what's his name and at the very end he like goes to the metal detector but he throws the gun on the outside and catches as he goes through and I'm like yeah that that, that was happen. a stretch then but geez you know <laughs> Uh, last time I yeah yeah, a- yeah the TSA has made romance impossible at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. No no now it's now you have to be that much more invested in the other person because you have to buy a ticket refundable or not you know I guess depending on your budget uh, to get to the other side of uh, of the TSA. It's only the one percent can have airport romances now. The rest of us have to just make it work in the street. Yeah, but, but there there is something to be said that like they just think that. Al Qaeda or ISIS, like they're not going to spring for first class tickets, guys. No, it's fine. They're not. They're, they're like even Al Qaeda's on a budget, right? Um, There's only so much Hobby Lobby money they can get from selling <laughs> biblical artifacts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not worried about losing them, as you know. No, fuck Hobby Lobby. Yeah, I, I don't feel like they're. <laughs> you can say whatever you want about Hobby Lobby on this show. Uh, I stay tuned for the Hobby Lobby Christian Minute. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that, was a, that was a good radio voice. Yeah. Um, I, there's a there were a couple other um, listener questions that wanted to be asked. One is simple from Bex, which is, "What is your favorite kaiju?" Oh boy. Uh, we can round Robin because I think she said she wanted to know all of us. She ours. did. She said she wanted to know all. Yeah. Of ours. Yeah. I mean, I have. I mean, I have. I have my. I have two quasi problematic answers so i'm i'm you know but you guys you guys go i'll go last okay uh i'm uh, i'm gonna go with uh i i forget its actual name it's uh, the pollution monster because i think that, that was monster zero iolante yeah oh, okay that was one Iolante of, with the big corn belly yeah the that was one of the first godzilla movies that i ever saw as a kid when they Trippy were do- as hell. yeah when they were doing godzilla movies at my local theater 
uh, as a matinee so you could drop your kids off at, at two go have a few and then pick them up at five um <laughs> it was a small country town no I'm, I, I'm so that like it's it's not the I don't think it's the best kaiju, but it's one of the ones that I remember the most. Like saying Godzilla, oh, it's great. It's, yeah. it's really incredible. It's yeah. a it's a really and that movie is weird as hell. Yeah. It was. It was. I remember even as a kid going, I feel like this is what my parents see when they do drugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going next? Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, like, I, it's my family really, especially on my mom's side, like, grew up watching all kinds of monster movies. Universal horror, but also loved all the Godzilla movies. Um, and I think because of that and what I was told about the importance of this, mine is probably Rodan. Because, mm-hmm. quote, he's the only Mexican kaiju. <laughs> that was literally like, that one's from Mexico, mijo. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I guess... I guess that's our guy. True, you can't argue. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. I know. And every time I see Rodan, I'm like, like, that's right. Here we go. It's Quetzalcoatl. Come out of that volcano. Fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Wow. That's how when I buy, watch King of the Monsters, I get all bummed out because he gets his ass handed to him for a while. I'm like, mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Um, I don't and canonic- know. And canonically also in the MonsterVerse, still from Mexico. Still from Mexico yeah, City. no, that's why I was so excited about that. Yeah. Sorry. Nice. Sorry. Uh, I, don't, I don't know all the Titans because uh, I'm, I just, I just didn't grow up with these. Uh, but King Kong is one, right? He counts as one or is he separate? That's one of my, that's the thing is like, it's, it's not, you know, he's, that's kind of my, one of my two problematic answers and that it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, an American equivalent. Look, it predates Godzilla, right? But mm-hmm. it's but but like canonically, when one thinks of, I, I don't know. There are people who would probably okay. say that doesn't count. But he's on my list. He's one of my, he's one of my two problematic. It's just one sure. of the. I I saw that movie really early on, along with Planet of the Apes uh, and uh, several of the sequels, and I always felt bad for him. Like was he, it? he was just minding his own business, you mm-hmm. know, and. And then they just—they took him from his home, and I have a family member that, even though I've told her that Kong, that Skull Island is a fantastic bit of an adventure film, she's like, I can't watch it. They're mean to him. She won't watch Godzilla versus Kong. She's like, I don't want to see Kong get hurt. I can't. I can't do it. She can't watch that, and she can't ever watch anything with Frankenstein's monsters. She's like, he didn't ask for this. And I, I kind of get that way with that character too. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. Misunderstood. <laughs> so, what's uh, your other problematic fave? Well, so 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 Kong is is really my first answer, mm-hmm. but also I, I worry like is that is that uh, American exceptionalism? Am I though the Americans did it first and best with Kong, right? But, so I worry about that, but also, but like I, I always like I mean I, I celebrate the whole catalog, but like I was always like I love Jet Jaguar, who is kind of the Toho Ultraman. He's the mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. robot guy, and it doesn't so that kind of also doesn't really count, but like that movie is so cool uh, and it's very like bond and sort of espionage and cool and all the cars have fins and all the <laughs> ladies wear like mini skirts they all, they all look yeah. like the, the the women in the first season of star trek and you know and, and all the guys have like butterfly collars on top of butterfly collars and, and <laughs> you know their haircuts that, that that run the gamut from ringo star to bruce lee and um uh uh but yeah no jet jaguar but i mean yeah kong and jet jaguar but like there's a bunch of fun, weird, like King Caesar 
who's the kind of like weird dog pony. Like I have a dog that kind of looks like King Caesar. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Ibira, the, the shrimp. Yeah. You know, uh, um, you know, I'm a, a sucker for, for creepy aquatic, you know, all that stuff. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard to say. I, but, and I, but, yeah. Like that doesn't count. Jet Jaguar. That doesn't count. Godzilla. Godzilla is also pretty great. So, you know, well, I think you're considered an authority now. So if you say it counts, I mean, yeah. I, I have a, I have a Godzilla. I have to move my band-aids off. I have a Godzilla tattoo for God's sake. Come on. Mm, that's, that's the real deal. Did you get that before or after? Yeah. This blew the minds of the people <laughs> at Toho, by the way. Uh, 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 the head of Toho was like, is that a tat? That's real. That's a tattoo. You have that. <laughs> yes, I am the right guy for this. Trust me. That that kind of makes me on wanna, the team. That does make me curious. Is there a monster from the Toho universe that you would love to use? And you're like, Legendary's never gonna let us do this. It's too weird. Of course. Can you tell us? Or are you no. tr- are you gonna try to say <laughs> just in case you can pull it off? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Saving it for season two. <laughs> Uh, or three or four yeah yeah i think i think that is that is one of the things that if i could change anything about season one is i wish we could have found a place for a monster verse interpretation of a toho classic that the monster verse hasn't gotten to yet mm-hmm. okay um uh, i think that would have been cool i mean it was pretty cool like bringing like a proper dragon into the world and mm-hmm. the, all the stuff that we did get to invent but i sort mm-hmm. of wish we could have found a a place to like, you know, squeeze in Hedorah or something. <laughs> nice. It's just something to look forward to for next year. That's Indeed. True. So we've only got a few minutes left, actually. And I feel like if we didn't ask your thoughts on Godzilla minus one, our listeners would kill me, kill all of us. I think it's beautiful. I think it's incredible. I think it's, um, I think it's a movie that only the Japanese could have made. Uh, I think it is such a uniquely Japanese film. It, it 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 also, a lot of the conversations I had with our partners at Toho, either in in Tokyo, like at Toho Studios, or like during our production, clicked for me when I saw it. You know, um, um, they were working at the same time. I didn't know anything other than that they were doing it, but but there were they were clearly. I think it's profound. I think it 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 it's speaks to the themes of the original in a way that both honors the promise of the premise, but also reinvents it mm-hmm. with modern grammar. Uh, there is 22 seconds of the film. I would change maybe 30. Um, but I think it is close to a perfect like not just a perfect like Godzilla film, but like a perfect film. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful story about the aftermath, about about mm-hmm. you know not all casualties of war die on the battlefield. It's a it's beautiful. I got teary. I was thrilled. It sounded it lo- amazing. Ugh. It looked amazing. Um, it, it was me, great. It's a it's a masterpiece. It's yeah, an absolute- and for me, like Shin Godzilla can be unsettling at times. Love that too. But this was the way. first time. I got nervous when that music kicked in and I knew Godzilla was coming. It's the first time Godzilla felt scary to me, like a literal, like a threat on the screen. Yeah. Because people, people were going to die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you in get, a real way. You get the same, uh, it, it gave me the same feeling as uh, 
this is a kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it quick. Uh, the Phoenix Zoo, the, the zoo that I grew up going to as a kid, had a um, uh, an alligator crocodile uh, exhibit. And what it is, it's like this like little manufactured swamp. And there's a gazebo in the middle, a wood gazebo. And you just walk there's a there's a there's a a wooden like a pier like a what's the word what's mm-hmm. the word you know pier, pier. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you walk down the wooden pier and then you stand in the wooden gazebo and you're surrounded by water and the the alligators are in there and and like sometimes you can see them but sometimes you can't and and it and they have those dead eyes and it just fills you with dread uh it's uh, it's you get that with sharks sometimes yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Well, and also I think part of them too. Yeah, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of it too is like in our reptile brain, we both un- we understand that both like crocodiles, alligators, and sharks are such evolutionary perfection that they haven't had to really change in like five million years. Yeah, yeah, yep. they're so like, good at killing. Was you it like shark? Is it sharks are older it. than the rings of Saturn or something? Like it's a something like that. Something like that. They're, older, it, yeah. they're all sharks are older than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> they were in the second age. Google it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it's a masterpiece. But okay, so you're on the you're on the you're on the you're on the thing, and you're surrounded by alligators, and 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 you can see them or you can't. Uh, it's hard to know which one's worse, but you get this feeling in your gut, in your chest, uh, that you know is like you're in danger, uh, and. Their Godzilla uh, in in minus one, like it gives you that uh, that feeling. Uh, and maybe it's just because it was on a big screen and everything's better on a big screen. Uh, but it was a super unsettling. It was. Well, I mean, the first time it appears in the movie, my first reaction was like, "Oh shit, here it comes, some Godzilla time!" And then it goes. I don't like this. This is terrifying. <laughs> These poor people. <laughs> I think it was because Godzilla at that point was not of a gargantuan size. It was way too was personal. 30... <laughs> this is a thing. This is a thing. My son pointed. Out. I want to see if you're going to the same place. But I got to share with you a Henry Leo mind bomb. But you you keep going. Oh, I, I look forward to this. But yeah, it was the fact that it was a size comprehensible. Like, I could understand exactly how big that thing was. It's like, oh, I'm looking at two elephants. Yeah. Uh, Two elephants stacked on top of each other. Mm. That's terrifying. That is a creature that can exist right now in this world somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. That we haven't discovered. And because of that, that's why it was like that. That's why it was scary to me. It's like, that's that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. It once it once it goes through its evolution because of the bomb. Right. Then it's. Well, now you are a force of nature that I can't like, comprehend. Like I, I'm getting mad at the storm. I am getting mad at you know the ocean. <laughs> I'm mm. getting mad at yeah. space. Right. Yeah, that was that was that was that was a that's a big thing with like Toho refers to their characters as characters, mm-hmm. not monsters, not creatures. Mm-hmm. They're characters, um, but they're like yeah, Godzilla is ultimately unknowable. He is incomprehensible, mm-hmm. and like that's such a great. Like one of the, the, I really drilled down under the word sublime, which in its classic definition doesn't just mean beautiful, but it means terrifying. Like you're not supposed to look at the face of God. You'll go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I went crazy. Right. That's not a great thing. Right. right. But yeah, that is, but that's, so here's the thing my son points out. He looks like a scab now. Yeah. It's, and if you watch him when he comes out of the water mm-hmm. that first time, 
he's very lizardy. Mm-hmm. He's very almost elephantine. Like mm-hmm. it's a different texture. Mm-hmm. And then he's like a big fucking scab. It's not scales anymore. Yeah. And when he gets hurt, it packs down into pink stuff and then scabs back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's literal he's Japan's walking wound. He's the wound that does not heal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and can't heal and has come back for its pound of flesh. And like, oh my God. He's yes. a, a literal rampaging wound that they're trying to pretend doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. This is why oh, I love Henry really. Leo. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, great, right? Yeah. But it's it was like I just thought, oh, it looks so cool, and he's like, yeah, no, it's a scab. It's not scales anymore. Aaron had pointed that out to me. I hadn't really realized it either. Yeah, it's it's not just a scab that won't uh, a wound that won't heal. It it just keeps scabbing over, grosser yeah. and for me, funkier. it was like a it was like a tumor that no modern tech yeah. is going to cure, yep. and it's going right. to take what it's owed, what mm-hmm. it wants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I think there's such a beautiful um, binary communic kind of dialogue between Shin Godzilla. It's all about like kaiju as a civic problem mm-hmm. versus minus one. That's Godzilla as complex post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, you know. Godzilla is uh, guilt uh, and, and where, PTSD. Where, where the heroes of of, Godzilla, of of Shin Godzilla is faceless bureaucracy. You know, I've got him on my sight, sir. Permission to fire. Permission to fire. Permission to fire. Permission to fire. Mr. President, they're asking for permission to fire. Permission to fire. Permission given. Permission given. Permission given. Permission given. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, right, right. Eight people doing that, right? Versus mm-hmm. these three very human souls. You know, I love the 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 rally scene with the the scientist and the guy, and like who's like, listen, you've all put in your time, you all served, you've all suffered. You want to go home? No one will think less of you. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time anyone's ever said that. I believe it's the first time anyone's ever meant it. Mm-hmm. And the bunch of guys leave, and there's not a bunch of like, ah, oh, you lily livered, right? It's none of that. It's like, yeah, no, go go be with your families. You know, it has such a beautiful it, it, and like that that the, the, that it's all about common cause. None of it is about nationalism. Mm-mm. You know, it's about if not us, who? If not now, when? Yeah. If anything, and nationalism is one of their unspoken enemies. Because that's 100%. not helping at all. The whole thing is like, right, right, right. Look what national, the, the shame of, of what nationalism gave us was the war. Mm-hmm. And now it's come back to us, you know? Um, well, not, not just that, but like the idea that your nation finds you disposable. Yeah. Right, yep. with the, right. the human life is so cheap, and someone has a line very similar to that. Yeah, life exactly. Is so cheap. Uh, yeah. Half a million civilians to starvation, mm-hmm. and the fact Money. that they put put them into planes without uh, ejection seats. Life, life meant so little mm-hmm. that we would send you get. We would send our boys to die. Mm-hmm. Like that's such. So, it's such a profound piece of work. I, I saw it was. It's nominated today for a, a, a VFX uh, Oscar. I wish it had been Japan's. Um, submission for international feature i wish they had made a campaign for it i, I was wondering if this it was an on kind of toho studios to do that i was like this should have at least been i mean for me it should have been in the regular best film category but at least international i was like why why is it not there yeah well you know each country is only allowed to submit one movie and the deadline is i don't think it can do it it's there's a complex web of weird rules and i think it probably wanted to put a uh more likely candidate 
into sure. that into the international pool. But like, but there's a part of me that wishes, you know, it's the biggest grossing Japanese language film in American history. Yeah, mm-hmm. I even think um, Toho's maybe taken aback. The They're like, I'm sure they felt like, yeah, this is a good 100%. movie. But I think that every time the new headline came out or the theaters kept extending, they were like, and now it's the black and white version coming out. And I'm mm-hmm. the, I went out on Friday. Yeah. Showing on Friday. At yeah. Theaters only black and white. For, uh, only, supposed over for, only supposed to play for a week. I don't yeah. know if and I can. And they kept extending, kept extending, and kept extending. Yeah. Like adding theaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like I said, I think there, there's, I've, I've small, I've, I've two small cuts I would make. And other than that, I think it's a, Pretty flawless. I'm film. dying to know what these cuts are. I think there should be an off. Yeah, no, no, I'll, especially I, if it I, involves. No, no, yeah. no. Well, okay. here's here's. I I think I think there's a twofer in the ending. Either give me the neck or give me the lump under underwater. One or the other. Mm. That's mm. just a matter of one coda is good, two is two. Yeah, or do okay. three. Don't, and somehow don't tie over, them together. Don't overdo it. <laughs> so like, but yeah, but like either the neck or the lump. One of the two, and and then the other one is. And I, I, I feel like this was added for fear that people wouldn't be paying attention. But you should, if the mechanic explains to the pilot what the ejector seat is, the movie doesn't actually work. Hmm. The pilot can't know that it's an ejector seat, and the mechanic can't know that the pilot knows he can eject. The pilot has to resolve to sacrifice himself for something he believes in, so that it's not that I was a, a coward; it's that I didn't believe in the 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 in the imperial nationalist message. That's what I wasn't willing to die for. I'm willing right. to die for my love, for my life, for my my neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, for my adopted daughter. I'm not I'm not willing to die for an emperor. Right? That that he needed to know he had mm-hmm. that, and the mechanic needed to know that he that that guy wasn't a coward. And was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Now, apparently, if you speak German, uh, the on the back of the seat it says ejector seat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, not a surprise in Germany what was going on there. But that felt that that weird little loop de loop where they cut back to because that's why the mechanic cries when he hears, "Oh my God, there's a parachute!" He cry like he's not crying because oh my God he's alive. He's crying because he's letting go of all of his friends that died on the island. Mm-hmm. He's free. That violence that like that. He's clearly an alcoholic. He's clearly a drifter. You know, if he's not uh, homeless, he certainly experiences it frequently. He's violent. He's angry. He beats the shit out of our guy. And our guy is so guilt-ridden, he does nothing to protect himself and just takes a beating. Mm-hmm. And he'll keep taking him. it, too. If the guy wanted to keep doing it, he was never going to tell him enough. 100%. Every day. And he comes home from work, beats the shit out of that guy, goes to bed. Uh, uh, but, but for that, so I, I worry that they... Like maybe that was too grim or too oblique or too implied. I don't know why, because to me, if he knew I can get out by pulling, that's also why he has that thing about that's the safety. You have to remember to pull the safety right before you get to his mouth. Otherwise, the bomb the bomb's not live until you hit that safety. Only right. That's why that that whole scene with the mechanic telling him like you have to turn it on right. That's so the mechanic will know he went right before he hit his mouth before he hit the button. To jump to, to, you know, he thought he was he was ready and willing to die. Mm-hmm. The plane, you know, that, like it it doesn't work if you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's a silly thing, and I don't know that unless you fucking sit down and think about stuff like this. And and it's and it's literally, I don't even think it's thirty seconds. I think no. it's ten seconds. Yeah. I think it's two shots of the mechanic at the cockpit saying, "All right, when it's time, you pull that thing." And then there's an insert of him pointing to the handle, and that's your parachute. I think that's it. 
I think it's, you know, and, but like, and that's the other thing too, is it, it makes it a little ambiguous and I like that a lot more, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like I didn't know. Right. So I, I, but, but it's, it's such a beautiful. Although in a weird way, there was a part of me that I got worked up just talking about it, you know, it, interestingly, like I totally see that. I remember when I watched it, there was a part of me that's like, he knows he can eject. He's not gonna. Part of me was like, thing, if he knows, if he knows it doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause then he's, cause then he's just a bummer. If he knows he can eject, it doesn't work. He's got to be willing. He's got to know that there is a thing that I'm willing to say. There is such a thing that means more to me than my own life. And that's the life of my daughter, that and the life girl. Of my friends and the life of my yeah. neighbors in my town, you know, and like that, that's, that's, but yeah, it's, it's like that. I feel like I'm nitpicking. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Now I want to watch it again because I, I knew he was going to eject. I always knew he was going to eject huh. and and now I have to try to remember, but I could have sworn what it was is there's a, like, yeah, he kind of belabors, this is how you set it off and make sure you pull the safety before, right before you do it. Uh, Point to the same handle. But th th there's like a, there's like a, like a 10 second scene. Uh, what did he, he, he said like, there's, there's, oh, there's one other thing I want to show you, but then the audience doesn't hear what he's telling him. Uh, and or, and I don't know. Maybe I did read the I German. Maybe I did read the German and just go, "Oh, there's an there's an ejection. <laughs> he's he's not gonna die today." Uh, they just brought. I, I felt like it was really heavily broadcast. Yeah, um, I, I uh, uh, yeah, I think if you know, obviously, if, if you can read the German, right? But um, but I think that was part of the reason that they went out of their way to point out and remind everybody multiple times that kamikaze planes didn't have ejector seats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you would have no expect expectation. Oh, this is this is the experimental, you know. And they made four of them. I think two of them survived. One of them, I think, is I, I can't remember where. There's two of them. One of them they used. For the film, I think the other one's in a museum somewhere. Right, like it's a real plane, which is the craziest thing. It's a real operating. Oh plane. shit! I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looked like I know I, that the Germans had made planes that looked like that, and maybe that was. I would imagine that was where that seat came from. Yeah, right. That yeah. some kind of exchange. But yeah, I don't know. I I I think. Well, then, then if if I'm mistaken, maybe I'm sort of retroactively trying to. <laughs> my my recollection was. That felt added to me. I think it works better if he doesn't know, because it's the other thing. He doesn't earn. He doesn't. He doesn't earn the lady back. Otherwise, right. Then he's just a hero. Yeah. And who, Hero, who heroes, wants are that? Easy. <laughs> heroes are easy. No, but like heroes are cheap. Heroes are easy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, the heroic sacrifice. He had to be willing to leave. You know, he had to go to the realm of the dead to, to bring her back. Right, mm -hmm. which is right. what, which is, and, and if he was, if he knew he was always going to get out, like, that's no good. He's got to, he's got to think he's in it to, he's, he's got to think he's not coming. That's why they all salute him. They all know he's not coming back, right? That's right. the whole, they all know he's off. Like, that's anyway. Right. I feel um, like we could have a whole conversation about just, yeah, minus one. Yeah. But so great. Uh, please go see it. Anybody, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Cool. Well, I think I have, and I, yeah. And, and, and um, I went to the secret room at Toho where they have the Godzilla suits. Oh. <laughs> and they told me not to tell anybody. <gasps> okay. But you we know what? Nothing. They have a big hit on their hands, and they have two big hits on their hands, our show and minus one. So I'm going to feel like I can sneak that up. It took me to the we, secret room. We won't so tell we... anyone. This No one's going to hear this. Yeah, it's fine. I, I touched Godzilla's hand. 
Now you're in trouble. <laughs> that's the one they're like, I, wait that, a minute. You would it. have done it too. We uh, Absolutely. It's the best part was there these bit. crates it's like, and canisters on these baker's racks behind behind me. And I, and I look I'm like, what are, what's what's in there? And they go, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, um, Kurosawa-san's uh, lenses and, and cameras. Oh. Anyway, going on to the tour, and I was like, what? <laughs> it's like years ago, I got to have a backstage tour of Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Huh. Like, and it, yeah, with uh, Matthew Clark, and like we go to the like the wardrobe room, and like there's the hat and the mask. And she shows us, she was the understudy, uh, and she performed that night, though, and um, she shows us, like, yeah, this is the actual mask and stuff. And I was like, are you allowed to, like, even pretend it? But she's like, no. No one's allowed to. Um, but... I've never said this before publicly. Matthew asked her a question, and when she turned her back, I just I picked it up. I didn't like I didn't put it in my face, but I was like, oh, and then I put it back, like, like Victor Von Doom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. I think we have to wrap up here. Yep. My computer's like you have three percent left. Yep. I'm kind of surprised you're still running. And he's he, he's at just this point. Left. I want I want to just keep. I know flirting with uh, with your power. Um, well, now we've got a. There's a little monster back there. There's oh, his badge. Oh, look at that. Badge? I, no. I was supposed to turn this back in at the end of the tour. I didn't. Rebel. And I'm shocked. Bad. I'm shocked that this man did something rebellious. You're a whole ocean away, though. Shocked. Make him come for it. This is my shocked face. <laughs> what are they going to do? Just not That's work right. with you anymore? Aretha, just... son, come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> they are great. They were awesome. I'm so, it's like, what a great time to be a Godzilla fan, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I, I wrote him uh, after I saw the movie, like, God damn, you guys. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Show, yeah. 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 We, we got other questions? All right. I'm sorry. I, I blabbered. Oh, no. You're you're fine. Um, no, no. It's mainly on me. My computer's like, you have 3% power reigning, remaining. And I didn't bring my, my plug. That's fine. I, I have like two things that I want to ask, but those are off the record ones. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. we'll, do, oh. we'll do it after the record. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case. I'm Aron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us this week. This was awesome. Thank you for having me back, y'all. Thank you. And then we will talk your brain next week.